Welcome. You're listening to audio from Life Church in Chico, California. We're so glad that you're here. Life Church's mission is simply to connect people to Jesus. You can find out more about our mission and who we are on our website at lifechurchchico.org. All right, let's dive into this week's message. Good morning. Welcome to Second Service. Wow, that was like, woo, yay. I'm so glad we're here. Welcome to Second Service. Okay, that was not even better. I was actually, I feel your pity. Okay, that's fine. That's, that's all right. We're not here for that. We're here for the word of God. Can I get an amen? amen. Awesome. All right. Well, hey, I just wanted to share with you a couple of uh, things before we actually get going in the sermon. If my iPad would open, there we go. Um, oh my goodness. I am, I am so excited and thrilled about what the Lord is doing. And uh, what I love about it is it's not just, um, I think you can sense it here in the house, but I think even more so, I think it's in individual lives. And if you're willing, if you're ready, if you're open, the Lord can, can do a work in your life. And I, I'm just so uh, enthralled with the Lord. Like, I, like even second service now, I, I kind of hang out in the back, actually. And, and I just go, Lord, you're just, you're doing something. You're doing something that's, beyond all of us, honestly. And it's about you. And uh, I just, I'm so grateful and I'm so thankful. And, and uh, you know, obviously most of you know that we, we, today is the day we're launching three services and, and uh, that's only the work of the Lord. And I wanna just give a quick shout out to our staff and our team and our pastors. Can we just say thank you, thank you, thank you. <clears throat> thank you. I'll say this, if you wanna be pastored, you have the opportunity to be pastored. A lot of people can hide. A lot of people can just come in and and just be, and that's fine for a little bit. But if you want to be pastored and cared for, that's what we're here for. And the the heart and the vision of Life Church isn't to become this mega church. It's to become a church that is healthy and able to pastor and care for everyone that walks through the doors. So that's why we go to three services. And, And if you've heard this before, okay, that's our cap of services. I won't do more than that right now unless the Lord really tells me, but I'm pretty sure it's been pretty clear that the next step would be then planting a campus somewhere else in Chico and send, I don't know, let's say 100, 150 of you. Let's send this whole service to that campus. Can I get an amen? You're in. I like it. Come on, Andy. That's right. I have a feeling. I just love... Um, what the Lord's doing and all that. But I really want to encourage you. I'm, I, if you know me by now, you know that I'm constantly pointing forward. In fact, I'm realizing I have a terrible memory. And it's only because I'm constantly just this way. And I have to go, what did we do last week? I don't even remember. I don't care. We're looking forward, you know? And um, so yeah, three services is amazing. And I, I give God all the honor and glory for that. And it's really cool. Um, we'll see what, if anybody shows up next service. Who knows? I don't know. Um, Maybe you can come back just to make sure that there's humans in the house. Um, But what I love about it is it's making space. It's creating opportunity for others to be part of what the Lord is doing. And it's never about one person. It's never about even our uh, pastoral team or staff. It's about the body of Christ together working as a unit, in unity for, for the glory of God. 
And when we all get on that page, then I start to say, okay, then what do you want me to do, Lord? And so I'd encourage you to begin praying and asking the Lord saying, what is it that you have for me? I might, be, I might have a full-time job. I might be incredibly busy. I might have a family. So I'm really you know, extended and all that stuff. That's fine. I get that. But what do you have for me on Sundays, Lord? What do you have for me in the, in the church? And what is it that you'd want me to put my hands to or my voice to? And I want to encourage you to pray about that because we, we love teams here. We would love all of you to jump on them. But even more than that, that next step is maybe begin to pray if that second campus is something that you're to be part of. I would love to send 200 people out and go back down to two services here. That's the goal. It's actually to get smaller here, not bigger. So what do you say? Would you pray about it? Seven people. One more time. Would you pray about it? Come on, Bill. Bill's going to pray about it. That's going to be awesome. Um, <clears throat> it's our 18-year anniversary today, by the way. So I just want to give a shout out to my wife who's stuck with me this whole time. Uh, <clears throat> I remember I was, I was sitting here in worship and, you know, Carissa leads worship for us and is our worship pastor and she, we co-pastor together. And, and um, I was just reminded this morning <clears throat> when we were, she's not, I don't think she's in the house, so I can talk all I want about her. It's awesome. <clears throat> um, I remember the very first time I came to, at, at that time, was Christian Life Center. You know, it was about four or five years ago we changed our name to Life Church, but it was Christian Life Center and Pastor Fred was, Pastor Fred and Dale were, were leading and, and I actually just came as a guest. I just came and, and I think it was, uh, Chris and I were engaged at this point. And so I got to see her lead worship and I was a bawling mess. I was like, that's who I get to marry. That's amazing, Lord. Wow. And 18 years later, here we are, 10 years leading the church and, and couldn't be happier. It's amazing. Now I want to talk about Jesus. Can we get an amen on that one? We, the last couple of weeks, we've been in this series called Highlighting the Harvest, and it was just very much a, a point of the Lord saying, the, the harvest is here. The harvest is plentiful. The workers are few. So pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would send more workers. But you realize that when he said that, it was to the 12 disciples who he just brought into the fold. Now there's millions of Christians all over the world. The laborers are there. I don't, I don't ever agree with the whole 20% of the church does all the work. Uh-uh, not even, not even close. In fact, that is, I think that's from the pit of hell. Here's why. Everyone, all of you, the Lord has, dis, has made you and created you with deep, profound purpose. And especially as an integral part of the body of Christ. So it's all in, 100%. And I, I, I love that philosophy, and, I, and I'll, I'll stand on that till the day I die. But the harvest is here. So, so people are hurting and hungry and hopeless, and, and they need the loving touch of Jesus. If you have had eyes to see, you'll see and you'll understand, man, th this, this county is in dire need of Jesus. And we're all here. It is by no mistake that you are in Butte County right now. So what are we going to do? We're gonna to rally together and we're gonna do all that the Lord has for us. And so that means planning a campus, great. But I think that's way more profound than that. That's actually small thinking. But the Lord can do immeasurably more than all we could ever ask or imagine. And that's the God I believe in. 
So talking about the harvest, we're talking, okay, the harvest is here. So he says, look up, the, the harvest is here right in front of your eyes. That's what he tells the disciples in John. And, and so they look up and here's all the Samaritans coming to them, right? The, 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 the woman at the well went into town and she brought everybody to Jesus. And all of a sudden, all the disciples are like, oh, you're you, you mean like right now, like they're here right now. Like we've got to do something about this. And, and so they're looking up and here they are. And then my question is, then, then what? Well, now you talk about Jesus. Now you make Jesus known. Now you make Jesus an active participant in your life. Now you invite people into conversation about spiritual matters. Because you know what the reality is? Everybody's spiritual but a lot of people are anti-church. A quote that I came across, uh, actually, Pastor uh, Randy Remington, he's our president of Foursquare currently, and, and we were at a conference, and he said this, that like, it marked it on my, I, I wrote it down because it was just so true. He said, people are more likely to shut down conversation about church or God, but when you share stories of Jesus, they're more open and likely to engage in on conversation. Friends, let's be people that talk about Jesus. I know some people are probably intimidated by that, but that's probably just, be, you just need to get into the gospels. Start, start getting into Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and read about Jesus. The, the study that I did in preparation for, for this series is, I just went through all of Matthew. I went line by line and I went story by story about Jesus and his connection with us and, and how he relates with people. And, and I wrote down every single encounter he had with people. And I, even after reading the gospels so many times, was just blown away by the goodness of Jesus. And people are hungry and thirsty for the man of Jesus, our savior. So let's be, a, be people of conversation. When I was down in LA, like, oh, I don't know, about a month or two ago, I kind of like, I like traveling every once in a while, not all the time, but every once in a while. And, and so <clears throat> I, I, on this particular trip, I was like, Lord, I, I'm, I'm open. Whatever you want to do, whatever conversation you want me to be part of, I'm in, <clears throat> game on. And uh, so of course, you're on lots of flights, you're hanging out at the airport, then you're in some Ubers and you're just all over the place. And, and I happened to have quite a few Uber drivers that were pretty chatty. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, we'll, we'll talk all day long. And did you know, for you introverts, you'll love me now. Um, did you know if you ever get an Uber, you can actually select an option which says, I do not want the driver to talk to me? Really? Yeah. So don't do that. Okay, we need to talk about Jesus. We need to talk and be friendly. So don't just, no, I'm not talking to you. I just need you to drive me around. I need a chauffeur. So anyway, I, I was driving around all over the place doing all these different things and, and several Uber drivers were chatty and, and wanted to talk and, and I, I got picked up at the university, Life Pacific University, which is Foursquare's university. And so the driver picked me up and, and immediately his first question was, are you a Christian? And I said, yeah, yeah, actually I am. And, and so we began talking and I finally you know, revealed to him that I'm a pastor. And, and so he was, he was Muslim and we began to have this conversation and you know what he asked about the most? Jesus. He asked so many questions about Jesus. I had no time to prepare. I didn't get to pull out my last sermon. I didn't have my Bible on me. I had to trust in the power of the Holy Spirit. And I got to share the gospel with him from beginning, from Genesis all the way through. And he was just blown away at the person of Jesus. 
And then I began to tell him, hey, did you know that in, uh, in uh, Eastern, uh, <clears throat> well, it, where, where a lot of Muslim cultures are, did you know that a lot of Muslims are having dreams about Jesus? Powerful, powerful dreams of Jesus and encounters with Jesus because there's no way to get the gospel in. And I was able to tell him, man, people are, people are having dreams with Jesus and they are turning their lives around and their families and it is an amazing thing. And so I just got to have this conversation. It was, it was so enjoyable and it was, it was a great conversation back and forth and it wasn't even like scary. It was just normal. But you know why it was normal? is because I talk about the Lord a lot. I have conversations all the time about the goodness of God and scripture and Jesus and, and just the things that people are going through and what is the Lord doing. And so I'm often in spiritual conversations. But friends, we all need to be in those conversations. It's not just because I have the title of pastor. It's because I actually just talk to people a lot about Jesus. And then another Uber driver, he was driving and I noticed he had a Christian song on. And so I said, hey, I know this song. And I was kind of like throwing the bait out there. And he goes, are you a Christian? And I go, I am. <laughs> and so, and, and I was like, I don't know what's going to happen now, you know, like, and he goes, oh man. And so we started talking and I finally had to reveal to him that I'm a pastor. And, and, uh, you know, sometimes you hold that card back just as, you know, when you're a pastor, because sometimes your like conversation just gets shut down. Like, so I just want to talk and be a normal human being without the title and just love, love on people without the title. And I don't need the title. I'm just going to love on people. And, and so I, I shared all this stuff. And then he finally eventually asked me what I did. And I said, I'm actually a pastor up in Northern California. And, and he goes, I feel like the Lord has called me to be a pastor. And he goes, the only thing is I just keep getting in my own way. And I was able to just encourage him and talk to him about church and my, my story, what God has done, my testimony. And, and it was just so incredible. So here's this Muslim guy so far from God. Here's this one man who's feeling called to God, but yet have, sets his own roadblocks. And, and I'm able to encourage both of them differently. Did, did they both repent and turn to the Jesus? No, not right then and there. But I believe because of the body of Christ. Because it's, it's not all on my shoulders. It's on our shoulders. And I can trust that there's other believers where they are who are going to continually connect with, it, with them. And it's just incredible. One more story. It was the same trip. I'm, I, it was a long trip, and I was coming back. I was finally on the plane, <clears throat> and I was flying southwest because I fly big, all right? <laughs> and I got, I got, I think, like in the A group, which is a big deal, okay? You get to kind of pretty much pick your own seat, you know? And so I picked my own seat. I took, I took an aisle, of course, not the middle. Who picks the middle, you know? And, and then somebody else was in the, in the window. And so I'm like, okay, that's fine. I, you know, maybe. And I always, you know, I always kind of pay attention to the stewardess. And, she, and I heard her say, the flight's really full, so just be ready. And I was like, oh, okay, that's fine, you know? I want to just get home and, you know, kind of done talking to people. And, and seriously, person after person after person passed us. And I was like, oh. Maybe there's a chance. Maybe there's a chance. Like, nobody's going to sit next to us. And it was like right at like almost when they were closing the doors and some guy got on last second. And I went, oh, man. This big old guy. He was like 6'4", huge guy, just big guy. And, and I go, don't make eye contact. Don't make eye contact. Come on, I'm not the only one who does this. And of course, I, I look up and he's looking right at me. I'm like, you... You totally. And I honestly, I should have sat in the middle because that would have been the real Christian thing to do and a nice thing to do because I'm much smaller than this man. But I was like, not happening. 
<laughs> sit down. <laughs> anyway, it's interesting because we actually started talking. You know, I just, you know, I could relate with him, you know, rushing through the airport and all that. And so we just started talking. And, and uh, he, he eventually started saying, you know, I just, I actually just ended a, I, I've had a really rough couple of years. It's like I ended a, my relationship with my fiance after four years. And it was something I never expected would happen. And he's like, this year has been really brutal. And I just got to encourage him. And I got to share stories with my own life. I didn't get the plan. I didn't have my last sermon. I didn't have my Bible on me. I just allowed the Lord to use me. And it was so fun to talk to this man who was hopeless and hurting. And I shared just this, like my story about what the Lord did. And I, he knew about the campfire. And so I told him all about the story of Achieve and, and the school in the back and, and how we partner together and how it's just been such a beautiful thing of God in the midst of tragedy, what the Lord did through that. Wow. And I just got to share like, that was such tragedy, but I mean, it's amazing what God has done. So after the flight, <clears throat> I mean, it's a short flight from LA to here. So after the flight, I was about to leave and said goodbye. And he goes, hey, just thank you. It's like, you've really encouraged me today. It's like, that was, I think that probably was the Lord that you sat next to me or I sat next to you, whatever. But these are the types of conversations that I think we can all really engage in on and have with everybody who's around you. You know, one thing I really believe is that the Lord's put you in your workplace or your neighborhood specifically. Like he knows you, he knows what the people around you and in your network really need. And, and you are the delivery vehicle to them. And it's, it's one of those, like, it can be scary, but it's also very honoring. And when you dive into that, when you lean into that, instead of away from it, the Lord really, really does something profound in your own life. So I want to encourage you, let's be a people that talk about Jesus, Yeah. Would you open up to Hebrews chapter two? Hebrews chapter two, and I would love to hear the papers of those Bibles just flipping through Hebrews and finding Hebrews. Don't, I don't wanna hear any clicks or beeps. Just kidding. <clears throat> as, you're, as you're finding your spot there, I'm reminded of just thinking about talking about the Lord. You know, there's a quote that, that's really popular. Some people say Francis of Assisi said it. I don't know. It's, it's, just, it's discussed throughout all the theologians. But basically the quote is this, that he says, share the gospel and if necessary, use words. Sounds like a cheesy bumper sticker. And I get it. I understand because I, I, I'm a doer and I go and I want to actually be an example and I want to live live right. And so I want to really reflect Christ through my deeds. Okay. So I totally get that. But there's always going to be an opportunity when I do the things of God for an opportunity to share the things of God. So we've got to really like, yes, I get that. But also it's a, it's a both. And it's yes, be an example, be a light, but also be ready for an opportunity to share even just your testimony. Friends, your testimony is powerful. It breaks the power of the enemy by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. What God has done in your life is a powerful tool that he will use just by sharing, hey, this is what's happened to me. This is what God has done through my life. This is how God opened my eyes. 
I mean, those stories, I'm always wanting to know those stories. Everybody leans into those stories. They don't go, oh, give me a break. No, people lean into it. That's why Jesus was such a storyteller. Because people leaned in. They wanted to hear the story of what he was sharing. So I want to encourage you with that. Romans, Romans 10, 14 says this. How then can they call on the one whom they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? Friends, that word preaching doesn't mean literally this right now. It means sharing and proclaiming the words of Jesus, the gospel. On a one-on-one basis, on a one-with-three basis, on a one-with-however-many-are-in-here. It's not just preparing a message and delivering it. It's talking about Christ. So I want to encourage you with all that. Before we get into Hebrews chapter 2, I want to talk about Jesus' humanity. And we're going to highlight that in Hebrews in a second. But oftentimes we look at Jesus as God, right? And Jesus, God came incarnate, right? And we talk about the deity of Jesus. Probably more often we think of Jesus being powerful and mighty and has the authority of God and all that. I get that. But a lot of times we, we gloss over and or discount or don't really think about the humanity aspect of Jesus. That he was literally a man. That he had flesh. That he hurt you know, when he got hurt, he, he probably went, ow, like, man, come on, Peter. You know, like, I'm sure there were moments where he got hurt, you know. Well, we obviously know that by the cross. But Jesus was, was human. And we have to understand that this is the way in which he relates with us. Without Jesus as human, we don't relate with God as a father. Without Jesus as human, we do not relate with God as Father. So we've got to take into account both. Jesus is human and Jesus is God. I want to just run through this list. I'm telling you, I combed through Matthew. It's a lot of work. I wrote a list that's pretty long. It's not on the board. You're just going to have to listen. I'm so sorry. Jesus loves. He ate food. If you're human, you need food. Can I get an amen? Come on. He ate, he slept, he rested, he withdrew. He confronted both the Pharisees and his disciples. He did both. He isolated himself in times where he needed to be rested and revived. He invited people in. He wept, he hurt, he mourned, he, he was burdened. He suffered He had compassion both for the physical state of people, but also the spiritual state of people. He said, they're sheep without a shepherd. He didn't give in to pressure where the Pharisees are like, we need a sign. He says, oh, I'll give you a sign. It's the sign of Jonah. Yikes. That's the death and resurrection, just so you know. If you don't believe that sign, you'll never believe any other sign that I might give is what he's saying. He's a healer. He's a baptizer. He's a king. He's a deliverer, both of demons, sin, hopelessness. He's our savior. He challenges. He rebukes. He kept silent. Think about the road to the cross and how silent Jesus was throughout the whole period of time where he's getting beat up, ridiculed, spit on, 
all of the things, and he didn't say a word. Isn't it interesting that we feel like we have every right to speak up and share how wrong things are when Jesus, how wrong it was that he was put on a cross, and we all understand that, didn't say a word. Interesting. He multiplies, he works miracles, he prayed often and a lot and most of the time alone away with the Father. He walked on water, he calmed the wind in the water, he sat, he walked, he traveled, he worked hard, he took time seriously, he did not waste time. He was not lazy. Anybody else like motivated and challenged by this at the same time? He was funny. God is a good God and has immense joy. So we can laugh and we can share together. Somebody should say amen about about that. We're not gonna be a staunch church around here. He preached, he encouraged, he told stories. He was prophetic. In fact, he predicted his death three times to the disciples and every time they were like, what? Okay. He questioned the the disciples to to create this place of learning and growth. He he would ask them questions so that they would like lean in and and try to figure things out. He would question the Pharisees when they would come at him with a question. He would write, write, give him right, a question right back. Whatever you say to me bounces off me and sticks to you. He had incredible mission. He was intense. He was genuine. He was caring. He had emotions. In fact, he cursed the fig tree. Anybody remember that? It's like, he, it was the hangry moment of Jesus. He was starving and he saw a fig tree. He's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna get some figs. And he gets there and it's dead. He's like, curse you. He flipped the tables in the temple, right? Jesus had emotions. Um, By the way, he died. All of us will die. How encouraging. He resurrected. Can I get an amen? amen? He helps. He brings us help, the help only he can provide. Romans chapter two, or Hebrews chapter two, if you would. <clears throat> I'm gonna read verses 14 through 18 here. Am I on time? <clears throat> Since the children have flesh and blood, so he too shared in their humanity. He too, Jesus, shared in their humanity so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and, the, and free those, uh, those who all are, uh, their lives have, have held in, excuse me, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. For surely it is not the angels he helps, but Abraham's descendants. For this reason he had to, uh, for, he had to be made like them, fully human. Everybody say fully human. In every way. Think about all the ways you're human. Jesus was human in every way. In order that he might become merciful. Jesus gained mercy because he was human, because he understood, oh, you do go through, wow, you get headaches. I've had a headache, I get it. This is, this is Jesus' humanity and faithful high priest in service to God and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being 
tempted. So Jesus shares in, in humanity. Um, Jesus, listen, the main point of this part of the passage is that in order to die, he had to live. So Jesus had to become human in order to actually die on the cross. He had, to, he had to be human and live a sinless life so that we could be cured or freed from the power of sin because he lived this perfect whole life, even though he was tempted with everything that we are tempted with. So he lives this whole perfect life. So he, in order for him to die, he had to live and <clears throat> freed us from the power and fear of death. By the way, no other God, no other religion, comes to their people like that. This is real true Jesus that's been accounted for beyond any other uh, historical event, in fact. Jesus was real. He was born of the Virgin Mary and lived this life so that we might be free. Flip over to four, uh, chapter four. Verse 14, it says, Therefore, since we have a, a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firm, uh, firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet did not sin. So Jesus, alive, lived this life, died on the cross, but he came to be the high priest for us. The high priest was the one who went in every single year in order to bring atonement for all the people's sin, okay? So the high priest, the one man each year was chosen to do this, would go into the temple and sacrifice uh, the, the offering for the, the sin offering. Jesus was not just only the high priest, but he was also the sacrifice, so you see, when Jesus actually died as the perfect sacrifice to cleanse us of sin, he also, when he died and rose again, said, I'm your eternal high priest. Never again will you need atonement for your sins. It's a beautiful picture of what Jesus did for us. And then we go to Philippians chapter two, and I'm gonna read this fairly quickly, and the worship team can come on up. Philippians Two, chapter, uh, chapter two, verses five through eight. This is a, just an incredible description of the incarnate Jesus. It says this, in your relationship with one another. Everybody say one another. So it's interesting. We wanna keep that in mindset because we, if we understand that Jesus came from heaven to us, we understand that he had a task in front of him that he was going to take on the cross and, and do all of that. But then it's because we can then live with one another and share with one another who being in the very nature God did not consider equality, equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing. He made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Can we stand together?
We're gonna close in worship. The powerful work of Jesus that is he came as a man and then died as a man and then rose again. His death on a cross was the greatest display of love in history. Like you cannot love your spouse more than what Jesus did on the cross for us. You cannot love your child more than what Jesus has done for us. You cannot, you cannot love someone more than what Jesus has, how he's loved us in this, in this act of the cross. I just wanna pray. We wanna close out in worship and I just wanna encourage you to take the moment of worship just to respond to the message. So Jesus, we just, we love you and we worship you. We thank you for that cross. We thank you that you knew the plan. You came and you still knew that you were gonna be on that cross. And even in the midst of that, you didn't even sin along the way when you had plenty of opportunity. So Jesus, I thank you that you are the God that we can relate with. You're the one that we can have conversation about. You're the one that we can talk to. You're the one who's the same yesterday, today, and forever. We just thank you for who you are in Jesus' name.
Thank you, God, for this time that we can come together. We thank you for the power of the cross and what it does to change our lives. And we want to tell others about those stories and what you've done for us, God. We thank you that you are acquainted with our joy and you are acquainted with our suffering. We just pray that we would just be beacons of light and hope in our community and everywhere we go. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening today. We hope that this week's message encouraged you. Life Church meets every Sunday at 9 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. here in Chico, California. You can also listen to us online during our 9 a.m. live stream. We would love the opportunity to connect with you, so please visit our website, lifechurchchico.org.